0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another podcast episode of Grande Sports Training. This is the Winner circle where we dive deep into the mindset of professional soccer players, hearing their adversities, everything they've been through, their soccer story. Today's special guest is Kai Celestine. He plays currently at Peachtree City in Atlanta, Georgia of USL League 2. But man, this guy's been everywhere. This guy's played in Europe. This guy's played in, in South America. And now... I have him on this podcast. Kai, how you doing, my man? I'm
1: good, man. How you doing,
0: brother? Doing good, brother. Hey, it's nice to hear from you. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to, to share your story, to give back to the community. You know, I'm very intrigued and very curious to see how you got to where you are today, man. Yeah, um, likewise, man. Likewise, man. Thank you for hey,
1: man. allowing me to come on here and talk.
0: No, for sure, Kai. Hey, Kai, so, you know, since you do know this, this podcast called The Winner Circle, Um And I always start off this first question right off the bat. To you, Kai, what does it mean to be a winner? Uh, To be a winner to me is to
1: mentally um, be advanced in everything that you do, meaning that no matter what happens to you, no matter what type of loss you take,
0: you still have a winner's mentality to push forward and be great still no matter what. What do you think helped you develop your winner's mentality because now you know you've played in Europe you've played in South America you've obviously gone through multiple experiences and now to be playing where you are today, what do you think led you to become the player you are now
1: uh just i think I think it's it's something that's in you too, man, but I was molded my dad was playing so he 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 motivated me I was just molded into who I was so
0: I just had to take it there. Would you say your dad is the biggest influence in your life in terms of continuing your soccer career? Was he the one that? got Oh you yeah, started for sure. He, he he
1: he uh, he's the reason that I am what I am. This he's a he, he created this monster, <laughs> <laughs> and you know I'm thankful. When did you start playing? I actually started playing late. I was actually a basketball player. Like I played basketball all the time. I, I wasn't really into soccer. My dad played professional soccer, but I started kind of playing at 12, 11, but I wasn't taking it serious. I was just playing. And then it got to a point, I got to like 15 and I was like, nah, I'm done embarrassing my dad, man.
0: <laughs>
1: let, me, let me get serious.
0: So I know, I know you grew up in Ohio. What was the, what was the community like growing up? You know, you, you said you played basketball. Was basketball more the sport that you played with your friends? Um, and then soccer was more what, you know, your dad liked. How did you make that transition over? Uh, well, for me, because basketball
1: is America, so everybody's playing basketball. It's just easy to just go find it. Um, my dad actually created the environment in our backyard and, that's how I got good. It wasn't it was me and him in the beginning, and then it became me and somebody else, and then it became me and other people, and then it became a group of people just in my backyard, just literally created that environment for me to get good. I mean, my story is low-key from the backyard to Europe, like I
0: was there. Did you ever feel that you know your dad kind of like pushed soccer on you, considering that he was a professional soccer player before? Did you ever feel that like Yo, Kai, when are you gonna start playing some soccer, man? <laughs> Did you ever feel that way as a kid, or it just naturally grew on you? It just naturally grew. He he wasn't, he
1: didn't, he was like, Man, I'm down for whatever you're down for if it was to play. basketball, tennis, he was always supportive. He never pushed me. But when I decided to play, he was like, Yo, you either gonna do it or you're not gonna do it. You're not gonna half-ass it, bro. You're gonna take this serious. So he was on me, on me, on me, on me
0: and at a young age like you said around 12 13 and you started playing did you feel the pressure of like okay my dad's a pro like I have to make sure like I do my thing you yeah I
1: mean when you're Thursday. that young I don't know what you mean exactly but when when I was that young but kind of for me I I came in this world the same way I am right now like I've kind of been destroying myself but I never was like, I got to live up to him and I got to live up to him. Right? I just never chased that. I knew he was going to help me and I was going to be a branch of what he was. I know that for sure, but I never was... It was nothing like that.
0: Yeah, no, the reason because I ask is, you know, there's a lot of players out there that, you know, they might feel like they need to prove something to their parents because they reached such a high level, you know? And sometimes, you know, we get, we get some not only parents, but we get some coaches, people that, that just like, like you, you got to make sure you do this. You got to make sure. And then eventually as a kid, I know you start feeling that pressure, but it sounds like with you, your dad just gave you the vehicle. He's like, look, Kai, this is what we're going to be doing. You either take it or leave it. And that just, just mentioning that helps. I feel like it helps the kid think like, damn, like, you know, I could really do something with this. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so when when you started playing soccer, what's your earliest memory of, of kicking the ball like where did you start playing? Did you know anything about positions did, like what was the earliest memory about playing
1: The earliest memory was I' um, kicking it, I was kicking it around my house when I was a kid so it was always a natural thing but my first earliest memory was like you 13. I literally was just the fastest dude on the field, so I was just running <laughs> with the ball, no skill, no technical work, just put it over the top, I'm going. And literally, I just kind of realized, like, I just don't want to be known as the fast dude on the team. That's when I was like, I want to, you know, be healed. I want to be technical. I want to, you know, give something else to the game. You know, that's when I kind of got serious at 15. That's when I was like, yeah, you know, let me, let me actually do this right now.
0: You know, that's so interesting that you say that because, like, you know, you're aware of your speed. I know you're quick as hell, man. (laughs) But just being aware of your speed and being able to, to, like, identify that's your one of your strengths, but then after being like, you know, I don't want to just be known for that. What do you think led you to that, like, mindset? Like, why did you just think that? Because I know there's a lot of players nowadays that, you know, they're fast. They're like, man, I don't even got to worry about the technical side. I just got to worry about this. And that I'll score every time. Yeah. Uh, uh, once you go to the next level, though, there's a lot of people that are fast like you. So, like exactly, what, what led you at such a young age? Be like, I don't want to just be known like that. Was it an experience? Was it something uh, someone said to you? Was it what was it? Uh, I don't know. I just used to. I used to. My I grew up in a
1: Brazilian. <laughs> Joe bonito household. So I was always watching Ronaldinho, the Fina Ronaldo, Rivaldo. I was watching that. So and I'm looking, I'm like, these dudes ain't just running past nobody. They are dribbling people. Like I wanna dribble, I wanna embarrass somebody. I wanna be kind of like that. Like I was wanting to be a showman at the beginning early. Then I realized like that ain't really what's up. But for sure, I was like, yeah, now nah, I wanna do everything that Ronaldinho's doing. Everything. I don't care.
0: Would you say Ronaldinho was one of your like biggest like oh, influencers? In I fell asleep watching his
1: DVDs. <laughs>
0: I fell asleep watching all the videos.
1: Ronaldo, the Phenom, fell asleep. Maradona. I was falling asleep watching those. Videos. I
0: would watch those videos on repeat every day. Seriously. That's crazy that you mentioned that because I know me as a kid, I would do the same thing. I would just watch videos and videos and videos. Like nowadays. I always tell players nowadays that, you know, like let's say you're injured. You can't go out to train. You know, you can't get a touch on the ball. Watch video.
1: Mm -hmm, Like It doesn't mm -hmm.
0: necessarily always have to be, like, full matches, but just watch videos of players that played back in the day or players that are playing now because what that does, I feel like, is it fills your mind up with, like, ideas. Exactly, exactly. You get to see how players are – or work and how they're moving, how they're running, how they're touching the ball, like little mm-hmm. details, but you're just filling your mind up with all those little things, right? Exactly. What was the most intriguing thing to you when you would watch these players? Like, why was it uh, such a obsession to watch these players? Besides, obviously, the skill.
1: Yeah, just the just the swagger, man. I used to want to walk like Ronaldinho. I wanted to walk like – like, I just wanted to be so much like him. It was ridiculous from the socks what he wore maybe like I got Ronaldinho shoes like every day like I had to like get a new pair I was like no nah, I have to act I, I need to be like this guy <laughs> it, was, it was crazy but people uh like nowadays like kids don't they don't have kind of that obsession like when I ask a kid nowadays like yo who's your favorite player in the league they're like oh I don't, I don't watch soccer I'm like but we were obsessed as kids, man. Like me as a kid, I'm like, yo, I gotta walk like this dude. I gotta hit the, I gotta run up like on the PK spot just like how he runs up. Like I was <laughs> doing everything like
0: that. No, I feel like you know when when you were a kid, you watch these. Like, I mean, we had a crazy generation of players.
1: Oh yeah, we
0: did. It was crazy. Like though, just to name a few, Ronaldinho, and Ronaldo. Obviously, mm-hmm. were, like up there. But like, you had crazy amount of time we got zizu we got zidane Zizou, titi yeah roberto zizu. carlos yeah all those and camp uh, everybody like all those <laughs> players were like amazing in their own way you know what i mean and just i remember like there was a lot of players that you would watch and they weren't like your favorite player but you still take the time to watch them because like oh that's a fact the, a, the okay, quality man. the quality in the play was incredible you know what I mean um I remember at a young age like just watching these players like they just made it look so easy they made it look so much fun you know and I feel like as as you get older right you start losing that funness let's say Mm -hmm. and then you start becoming more serious so how did you balance that out where you know you obviously need to take it serious as you get older but Mm -hmm. at the same time you have a lot of fun was yeah, there yeah. anything that you would remind yourself every time you would play when you would show up to practice? Uh, any memories that you would have? Like, what what do you think it was? Yeah, and this that's a that's
1: a tough thing to separate because it's like, damn, I'm gonna be the most eccentric, fun guy and loving the game. But it's like, damn, if I do this movement, I mess it up, <laughs> I'm coming off the field. But it's just I, I just work hard, man. Just I work so I worked so damn hard to do the moves that I do. That's why I it just built up a confidence in the game for me to do a step over for me to do a chest hit pass type. Like it was doing this so many times, the repetition of doing it, it became kind of natural in the game. And me just getting older, I kind of like got straightforward, narrow minded, like nah, let me just go straight to the goal now. Nah, let me, you know, do what I have to do for the game. I mean, to win the game, for real. But, I mean, early ages, I feel like have fun with it, man. Flick people. Do what you got to do. And you can still flick people over these games now, but just be cautious of, what, you know, what's going on. with what you're
0: doing. Yeah, I feel like now there's a fine line between being, like, you know, serious and focused and then having fun. Like, you have Dang. to pick and choose your moments. As a kid, you're free. Oh, yeah. You know, do it. Do it whenever you want. Obviously, you're not going to do it in front of your own goal, but, like, <laughs> You know, you, you're, you're at liberty to do more when you're a kid because yeah. I feel like as a kid, mistakes are welcome. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Obviously, they're going to say, no, don't do that here. Don't do that there. But it's a little easier as a kid because now not only does that allow you to experiment, but uh, that also allows you to um, create new ideas, create new exactly, things. Exactly, exactly. Like you, you watch something and you just try it. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. As you get older, it's like, it's not that easy anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because everybody, everybody <laughs> knows how, how to stop it or how to, um, you know, make you do something wrong, mm-hmm. make you make a mistake, all those little things. But Kai, so at 15, you said you started getting more serious. Was that when you kind of leveled up to playing in a more competitive environment? Yep. That's when I had, uh,
1: my at 15, that's when I had the realization that, yeah, I'm. I would never be embarrassed. The first time I kind of was embarrassed that I knew I was not ready or I wasn't at the level that I thought I was at because I was dominating the little also league in Columbus, Ohio. Um, was when I went to this academy called Premier Soccer Academy, which was uh, Brad Friedel created. It was like oh six, fifteen years old players, big time players that are playing now were there. And I was like 15 and I just felt so foreign because I was like, man, these kids are ridiculously amazing. And all I'm here to offer is speed. Like, and it just kind of like made me refocus and revamp. And I like it didn't break me down. It just showed me like, yo, you really need to work hard. So I was there for like a month, month and a half. Came back home. I'm like, dad, nah. We we going to work. It's time. Like, I'm not playing this no more like this is what I'm pursuing professionally this is I've seen what I wanted I see I've seen everything I needed to see the boots um the kit manager the everything just the environment made me more hungrier for that I wanted I wanted to be that's in anything that I do honestly but I was like nah
0: no that's 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 incredible that you mentioned that because I feel like that's exactly why this podcast is so important and why I named it the way it is because the winner's circle, it requires that winner's mentality, right? It's crazy that you you show up to an environment where you feel like all the other players are, like, at a certain level, and you're not at that level yet. And then instead of saying to yourself, like, damn, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, it's going to take forever to make it, I'm not going to be, whatever, you know, any other comment that you could make to, like, kind of mm-hmm. yourself down, you're like, nah, it's time to work.
1: It's as simple yeah.
0: that. It's time exactly. to work. So mm-hmm. I know, I know. For example, now, you know, uh, a lot of kids um, they go into a new environment. Obviously, it gets hard because it's new. It's uncomfortable to be in a new environment, a new place, a new, new. There, stuff, you, are right? a foreigner. You don't know anybody.
1: Everybody already has a clicks you coming in, trying to
0: figure out. Like, hold on, do I mess with these
1: guys? These guys don't think I'm good, so they go. You know how the clubs are in soccer. It's just. Yeah. You're just trying to find where you fit in, kind of.
0: It's not all sunshine and rainbows, but I mean, I could say, like, if you could probably agree with me on this, anywhere you go and it's like that, Mm -hmm. the only thing you got to tell yourself is time to work. That's That's it. it. Literally, that's That's it. it. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Just get to work. That 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 right there,
1: that mentality is what attracts people because you trying to fit into something or you trying to be the nice guy, you could be the nice guy, but you can't.
0: When it's and time take to take away from who you are, type
1: thing, so you gotta have you, but be a nice young team too.
0: When it's time to be mean, you be mean, yeah, you gotta That's be what it is, yeah. So, once you made that, once you came up with that conclusion that, like, this is what I want at 15, you got into that environment, you saw what you saw, you're like, this is what I want, yeah, it's time to get to work. How did your life change from that moment to from that day forward? How did it change? What did you do differently? What was your routine like? What did, did, you, did you watch different, different things? Did you read up on different things? Like, what did you do to get better, to catch uh, up to those guys?
1: Literally uh, became a student of the game. Uh, watched millions of videos, like millions. I'm not even exaggerating. I was watching videos every day. I worked out, played every day with my father. Like, literally every single day summers were power and I was not doing nothing so I was literally working out every summer like ridiculously amounts two a day sometimes three days let me go find pickup. let me go do this Dad's doing this let me go here like I just needed to be in that environment I needed to play I needed to become who I was and there's no way you're gonna become great without a great work ethic so before I wanted to do anything and that's what I thank my dad for all the time because like I'm like Man. some days I'm like I want to go swim with my friends at a pool let me go to a pool. my dad's like yo you work out today I'm like nah he's like <laughs> like what you what you want to do bro you know if you don't put if you don't handle or be productive what you need to do first and how you going to get the how you going to you know swimming you, you didn't work to go swimming you didn't work for none of this so you gotta work before you do anything first of all
0: and I feel like at a young age like you know even at 15 like you're not that young you obviously know the difference between right and wrong but there's a fine line between understanding fun and then understanding what you need to do in order to get what you want Yep. because that's such a tricky age you know 15 16 17 mm-hmm. is already high school you know, a lot of players or a lot of people just they start, you know, just their mentality starts becoming <laughs> different. Like you're not a little yeah, middle school kid anymore. Exactly. You know? You're exactly. a high school kid. You're, you're mm. you know a late teenager. And then there's a lot of influences. You know, during summertime, like you just mentioned, everybody's out of school. Everybody wants to have fun. Yo, let's go here. Let's go there. Mm. Girls hitting you up. <laughs> like, how did you deal with all that as a teenager? Like you just mentioned it, your dad kind of put it in your mind. Where, Kai, did you already do what you have to do? Yes, okay, you can have fun. No, then what are you? What are you thinking? Exactly. How did you? How did you deal with all that?
1: Uh, it was hard, man. Sometimes because you like, damn, I want to cry, bro. Because they having <laughs> a good ass time at yeah. this, point, flipping around, and I'm juggling the damn soccer ball. I can't even juggle to like hundred, but. Just, I, I, don't know, man. I think my spirit just took me to just be like, "Yo, you got something bigger? You doing, bro? Just keep focused on what you doing." And if you just, it wasn't. I, I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't have FOMO. You know, I didn't care. I didn't have FOMO until like 21, 20. I didn't. I was so
0: direct with what I was already trying to do. I was like, "Nah, fuck that. I'm,
1: I'm just doing this."
0: And for those that don't know what FOMO means, it means uh fear of missing out.
1: Yeah. I think I learned that from you.
0: (laughs) I was like, I never heard that. I learned that word this year. So see that that's so interesting because I can relate to that. You know, I can relate to, um, you know, obviously I see all my friends having fun, having, you know, having a good time. And don't get me wrong. There is a time and place for everything, Mm -hmm. you know, but my main priority was always playing with the ball first doing something to get better every day mm-hmm. you know um because i remember at 12 at 12 years old i couldn't even juggle to 10 man you telling me boy yeah. I remember my
1: first time juggling at 12 i like quit i'm
0: like no, <laughs> i'm not doing Bro, what's the what's the whole <laughs> point of juggling you For know, real. juggling isn't something that you're going to be using in matches but what does it help? What does juggling help with, Kai? Real quick, just let everybody know. What does juggling help that,
1: that, with? That crispy touch, man. That, how you going to
0: bring a long, driven cross ball out the air without
1: that touch? You're not working on your juggling. You're not bringing that down, man. <laughs> you got know, that brick touch. Man. And it's evident, too. We, we we know when you're not a juggler. We know. We see it. <laughs> you can get yeah, away then, with it. And then you can't tough.
0: You can't even, you know, play that two-touch game at practice with the guys. Oh. Can't even have that. You can't even
1: play one touch game sometimes. There's
0: yeah, that. you know it's fun. It's fun. But all right, going back to to my next question is, so with everything that you had to do at a young age, at a teenage age, it leads me to the next point. Like you had to sacrifice a lot.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah,
0: you had to sacrifice a lot, and I I bet there were days where you're like, "Yo, is this worth it? Mm-hmm. It, it what like it, what I'm doing? Is it worth it?" How did you deal with those moments? Uh did you talk to somebody? Did you just talk to yourself in your room, like at night? Like, what did you do? Did you write uh, in the journal?
1: I was uh I, like I said, I came in this world like who I am now, like just straightforward and focused. I've always been laser pin focused. I didn't I didn't have that feeling of you know doubt until like I got to like Europe and I was like 24, 23, 25, like that's when I kind of fully felt that like, damn, do I really need to be doing? What am I doing right now? You know, I could have went to Kai a full ride to Akron, I could have been doing this and my life was so much that like, that's when it was like, damn, I might have like, I think I might be out of this right now. Mm. But just mentally talking to myself, knowing who I was, I was like, yeah, you know what? I could see the faults in what I've done and things, but, you know, we're not going to keep that. We're going to move forward from that, and let's keep it moving forward. So sometimes it's kind of in you, but sometimes you got to make it be in you. Like, you got to just force that out yourself sometimes. I'm not a big relier on people type person. I'm not a venture. You know how I am, but I'm real with myself. You got to be real with yourself, first of all, and then somebody could be real with you after that. But if you're not real with yourself,
0: it ain't going to work. No matter how much, you know, somebody tells you something, if you don't accept it yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're always going to be stuck in the same spot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's really important to, to obviously talk to yourself first, understand what you're going through, mm-hmm. process it, and then, you know, tackle it with a solution. Exactly. But I could, I could talk to you all day about my problems. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. And you'd be like... Yo, you need to do this. You need to do that. This is how you're gonna fix it, but it's not gonna actually get fixed until you deal with it personally. Exactly. First.
1: Exactly. So and that and that's what we we gotta we us as people gotta do better at man. Get real with
0: y'all with ourselves, real. Cause yeah, and sometimes the, uh, the truth hurts, man. Sometimes hurts. <laughs> like you, I bet I bet when you walked in and uh, and that U15 group and you couldn't, you know compete at the level you wanted Mm -hmm. to that's the truth hitting you right in the face right there smack you right in the face and what are you gonna do about it you know you obviously got to work so after those moments that you experienced it obviously you you know you had your moments where you're thinking how do i get better i'm improving let's get to the point where you got to where you wanted to be now you're competing with these guys right how do you take an extra step step up like what do you do to get, you know, not only level with the guys, but mm-hmm. just a little bit better? Uh me personally, I was just
1: I I lived it. I, I was breathing it. I literally had the thought that, you know, even if I do 15 minutes a day, that's 15 more minutes than anybody else has done that is in my division. Or, you know, I look up certain players in our division. Cause this at this time when I'm when I got real serious crew when I was like yeah this I'm here like I'm making a name for myself nationally so and that's when I knew I'm like nah I gotta I'm gonna stay with what I'm staying with pay attention to everything literally but I'm not sleeping now now that I'm here at this pinnacle nah like no we gotta keep rising higher for sure I don't there's no roof to anything you just keep going
0: so how did you make it to the MLS Academy, Columbus Crew? Did you go in a trial? <laughs> so funny scouted? story. How's that story go? So funny
1: story. <laughs> <laughs> so I was playing for this team named Blast. They were like National League club level. So we was playing and we were, uh, I wasn't liking it the second year because a new coach came in and i was like, no, nah, I'm good. So I was gonna play for my dad, which is an old, a muscle league, a weak team named So like I was just gonna play for him at 18 years old, like I'm playing for him. Whatever happens, happens. And the crew was having a tryout down the street from my house. And at this time, I had like, I think like a ankle bad, knee bad. Something was wrong with. Me. I guess my dad. I can't remember. Something was wrong with me. He was like, it was like one day. He's like, man, you might as well go, man. I'm like, alright, I'll go. Went. Did what I did, do what I did, came home. I was like, yeah. He was like, I was it was cool. They called literally like within that hour, it was like, yo, we trying to, yeah, you gotta come. At the time, I'm like, I'm not playing for them. Like, I'm playing for you, bro. I'm not, I'm not listening to nobody, I'm not doing none of that. I'm trying to play for you. He's like, Man, you stupid, man. You better take that because they couldn't expose you the way that you need to be exposed. I can't do that. I'm just getting you better, but they're going to expose you. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll, I'll give it a shot, I guess. But I was so – I wasn't about to play for the club. I was so set on just playing for my dad, just minding my business, got on the crew, and it was just natural. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. I got Will Trapp passing me the ball. I got Chris Davis next to me. I got Our team was crazy at the time, too. So it was like – I think
0: it was the best crew team a crew, but you know. <laughs> but it was cool, man. That I think that's so important, like having your dad tell you, like, look, obviously, what dad doesn't want to play with their son or mm-hmm. coach their son, right? But just the fact that he pushed you to that exposure, because that's what you needed, right? Your talent needed to be seen by more people than just in this particular circle. That's oh, yeah, exactly mean. exactly. You know what I mean? So Having an organization like the Columbus Crew be interested in you and just being able to take you to the next level, I think, was super important. How was your transition going from the club you were playing with to now an MLS academy in a professional environment? What was a couple things that stood out to you? That was a U18 level, right? Uh
1: uh Uh-huh.
0: What was one Uh, of the important things that stood out to you?
1: Um... To be honest, it nothing really like I got there and it was just natural because I was at that time, I was already like I was Caisino at that time. I'm going crazy. <laughs> like I was so confident in myself that it was like when you so when you have so much confidence in yourself, you don't see or you don't feel you know doubt. You just it is just a natural thing. And I came in naturally and like I got, did what I had to do earlier, and it was like, yeah. You going to start? Are you going to be our starting forward? Yada, yada. Like, it was just that natural. It wasn't a crazy gap, nothing like that. It was just a natural thing.
0: How long did you play at the crew after you got, uh, you know, called up for that first time? Yeah, I played
1: a whole year, U18, and then I try to – then I got, like, a full ride to Akron, and I didn't go because I'm just, like, a point
0: on my ACT or something like that. Did you have any interest from Akron before that? Nope. Right
1: when I got to the clone crew, that's when
0: everything happened. Hello,
1: Porto was recruiting me heavy, like driving down to see me type stuff. Like, it was cool. But I was getting letters out the wazoo because of the clone crew. I just, my mind was not college. I was like, yo, I don't care. I'm pro right now. <laughs> like, it's people I'm seeing 16-year-olds in Arsenal getting signed at this time right now. So my main focus wasn't school. It was to be a professional athlete. But American system is kind of built different. So I played for the crew, got recruited, then go to college, went to reserves for the Columbus Crew. They don't even have to pay to sign me; they can just sign me. Mm-hmm. But they wanted me to go like like a college route, or they then they wanted me to go like down to a level. And at the time, my ego, I'm like, I'm why am I gonna go down a level when I'm already playing reserve games, getting assists, top twenty five players in the country. I don't. I don't understand what y'all what y'all want me to do. But the system in America is pretty different. So I was there for a year, played a couple reserve teams, games, and I was like, we're going to Europe, South America, wherever we gotta go, but
0: I'm not staying in America. <laughs> How did you come up with that conclusion of going to Europe? Obviously, let me let me rephrase my question. Obviously, everybody wants to go to Europe. Mm-hmm. Did you have a specific place to go in Europe? Did you have any contacts?
1: Disney, I had no, see? I had no, nothing. Literally, my dad, that was my dad. Like, no, it was funny because my first European trip was Holland. And I was playing with FC Groningen for like, what, like a, three weeks, like a little uh, when I was playing for the country 18, That's when like Van Dyke was there, like some players were there. It was, it was crazy. I was like, man, Europe is dope would oh, love to play here. Like, this is a place I could see myself playing. So outside of just not signing with the crew and all that stuff, I'm like, let's go to Europe, bro. Like, that's where the game is at right now. That's where the real love for the game is at.
0: South America, too. So you went to FC again Grond- And then? FC Grondigan, yo. Where else did you go to? Where did you uh go?
1: After that, like, after I didn't make the reserves, I just went on a spur of teams from uh, what? Switzerland. I was in Switzerland. I was in Liechtenstein. I was trying out in Austria. I was in Italy. I was going everywhere. And then it finally stuck when I got to like Spain. When I got to Spain, that's when I signed my professional contract, like officially. Peru, too, almost signed my professional contract, but paperwork and the system in Peru is kind of wild. Dude, South America is wild. It is really it's wild, dog.
0: So, Kyle, walk us through that process of how you did it, how you got in contact with these clubs, how you got in contact with these clubs and then actually got able to uh, – actually was able to get on trial um, and, like, how it all worked. Like, what was the process like for you?
1: Yeah, me, I was fortunate enough to have a dad that was actually a professional soccer player. So
0: he already had kind of
1: original contacts. So he hit them up and then they'll hit an agent up and they'll be like, yo, just come here. I I never signed an agent. I'm still not signed to an agent. I've always been a free, free will, whatever. Like I've always been on my own time. But these agents have just helped me get to these places, certain places like Italy and all types of places.
0: How was your experience in each country? What did you notice differently from each country? Like, like you know, obviously the football, the culture, the people. Like, how was it? Uh, what would you say was your favorite one? My favorite
1: place has got to be South America. This is Brazil. That's, that's my home. Like, I feel like I'm – that's my home, man. They caught it. They, honestly, it was crazy. First, like, first time I was in Brazil, I was just astounded. I'm like, wow, this place is – I've been there three times. Second time I was with this team called Brazilians. Like, beautiful, beautiful place, too. And then the last time I was with Botafogo, but Brazil is hands down my favorite place.
0: What would you say was different between the football and in Brazil and, let's say, Holland or Europe? What was the biggest difference? Technical, technical skill. Uh, it's a natural love for the game, like,
1: it's so different how good these dudes are and how creative, like, the Brazilians are and all what they do, all and everything. Like, you have to become creative there. There's no way you're not going to become creative. You're not going gonna... to – And Europe, it's cool, but it's just tactical kind of, real tactics. And I'm not a tactical guy. I'm a – let me stand on my island. Let me get the ball. Let me go dribble at somebody. That's what you want me to do, right? <laughs> like, type of kind of Like, I'm not – but, you know – Adjusting and learning tactics is what you got to do to be, you know, part of the game. So it was cool.
0: So when you signed your very first professional contract in in Europe, right? How how was that feeling, man? How was it like? Uh, To be honest, I wasn't happy. (laughs) Because I was like,
1: I want more. I don't want... Now I'm not talking money-wise. I'm just talking about, like, level-wise. I'm like, no, I want to be... Me, I see myself as first division wherever I'm at type of player and I know I am but I I had to I just was like I'm hungry whatever I signed it let's go let's get to work now let me let me advance let me do let me get forward and I fought myself for that too because we have a problem some people have a problem we you got to live in the moment of it you got to appreciate what you accomplished and I wasn't appreciative I just wanted more I'm like nah I'm not happy I need so,
0: yeah, I wasn't really that happy. With it. What what club did you sign with for the first time? What was your um, first contract with? It was a team called AD
1: Nervion in Sevilla. And dope, dope team, dope place. I love that place. Def, like, no, my favorite place. Low-key and game. I love <laughs> it.
0: At what, oh age did you, at what age did you sign your first professional contract? was I? 25, 24? Okay. Oh, it
1: was a minute, man. It took a minute.
0: Yeah, yeah. It took a minute. So, you know, for all those people listening in, Kai signed his first contract, let's say at 24.
1: 24.
0: And how many 19, 20, 21-year-olds are you, do you know, Kai, that are like, they just defeated
1: Already defeated. Like, I'm good. I'm done. I'm not, I'm 18. They're not signing me. I'm like, yo, y'all don't even know half of what's going on right now you got to keep pushing and even i know you, it's not your moment right now bro you listen to yourself believe in yourself man do not take yeah. whatever nobody says art right, for real man you know who you are you, do what you, you know what time it is
0: i think one of the most important things to understand at that age is that like you still have so much to learn mm-hmm. and not even about football like you obviously know how to pass the ball you know how to strike the ball you know how to move you know how to do this and that but just being able to carry yourself as a person as a professional Mm -hmm. at 18 19 20 you just don't got it yet yeah exactly. exactly unless you're surrounded by those players that are already professionals then it's a little easier to adjust but a lot of players are still in college who are you surrounded by in college Kids, people that want to party, girls. <laughs> girls this, parties. That, right? Literally. So you're not surrounded by professionals, so you're not going to carry yourself like a professional.
1: You've heard and that. And saying, then also, right? too, that college system where you can't practice outside of your, your team or something like that for a certain amount of hours. Like how, you can't become who you – you can't become great and nothing like that. If you can't you – got a certain amount of time you can live to practice and a certain amount of days you can – like, that's crazy. I've heard stories. People was like, yeah, we can't practice tomorrow. We can't set up a, our own private, you know, three on three pickup because it's, we can't do it. I'm like, well, so what y'all be, how, you de, how are y'all supposed to get better?
0: <laughs> like what are you supposed to do for your team? <laughs> no, that's, that's crazy to me. I don't understand that either. But, you know, as, as these kids, cause they're kids literally that 20 years old, you're still a kid, man. Mm-hmm. You're still a kid. 2021, 20, you're still a kid, but, they need to understand that you got to place yourself in an environment where you can grow, even though it's not the best environment, right? Mm-hmm. It's better to be training with a team, with a club. Um, let's say, you know, fourth division, third division, fifth yeah. division, sixth division in Europe, For wherever. Sure. You just got to be in that environment because that's going to help you go up the stairs. Like you, yeah, exactly, you, you use that as a stepping stone to become an actual professional because exactly. a lot of pit- players don't have the ability mm-hmm. to just be in an academy, sign to the second team, and then sign to the first team. Like, a lot of players do that, but the vast majority do not do that. The vast mm-hmm. majority has to go through the ropes just like you did, right? Yeah, they exactly. Try here, try here, try here, because there's just so much fucking competition everywhere exactly. you go. hmm
1: and the piggyback off of that too is people being their own damn head, like, yeah, man, I, I don't need to be here. I'm too good for these dudes and I'm too this and I'm too that. And my when I be hearing that, I'm like, why don't you just dominate? Like just dominate the competition and then make them see who you are. Like my my uh, like idea logic is if I'm playing against 10 year olds, I'm busting their ass. I don't care because why would I bring myself down to that level <laughs> like you gotta regardless of everything bro stay who stay focused and stay great don't be putting yourself down because they put you on the second team Put you on like whatever like nah do what you gotta do handle your business and make them see what you you know what you're about
0: so you just got that natural competition but also <laughs> another thing that i feel like is important to understand is that takes time man like Mm -hmm. let's say okay you got the idea of dominating within the team that you're at but you're not going to dominate in a week two weeks three weeks four weeks it takes a couple months three months four months you know because you gotta you gotta see people gotta see your value especially the, the coaching staff the organization they gotta see your value and they're not gonna see your value just because you scored four goals in one game like Exactly. And then the next three games, you don't show up. Like, you know exactly. There I mean? has to be a consistency to it. You get what I'm saying? Uh, for real. So, I think that's super important to understand, too, mm-hmm. as a young player, is that you know, having this mentality, like you said, is just, it's time to get to work. Yeah. It's always This is a, a life of a professional. is just constant work, constant work, constant work. You know what I mean? It's a mental game, too, man. You be psyching yourself out for nothing it's is it's tough oh, yeah 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 i think it's uh it's very important to to understand the difference between having a strong mentality and being mentally strong
1: mm-hmm. yeah Ooh. <laughs>
0: you feel the, me the difference yeah, between yeah. mentally strong and having a strong mentality mm-hmm. it does not mean the same thing right being mentally strong for me is being able to endure any adversity thrown at you, being mm-hmm. able to get over those obstacles, exactly. being able to push through those walls when they look unbreakable, right? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I know, exactly. Having a strong mentality is being able to actually get out of bed mm-hmm. and make shit happen day exactly. in and day Exactly. Yeah? I, you ain't lying. Yeah. But yeah, man. So... Back to to what you were saying, Kai. So you signed your first contract. You've been living as a, you know, uh, in Spain, playing, enjoying your time, balling out. And now you're here back in the States, right? Crazy story. We actually met here in Miami. Yeah, we did. Through a (laughs) meeting. But right off the bat, you know, you could see this guy is, is, is talented. This guy knows what he's doing. He knows the game. He's been through it all. But he still carries a nice smile all, all, everywhere he goes, man. <laughs> but now you're playing in Atlanta. How how's it going for you there?
1: It's good. We got our uh our first preseason practice today. So we're gonna see what's going on, man. We're gonna see what we're gonna see how these guys are shaping up. You excited for the season? Yeah, I'm the I'm the vet,
0: the old guy on the team. So <laughs> all right man so kai i'm just gonna we're gonna finish up with a few questions we always do this after the end of every podcast just quick fire questions whatever comes to your mind first just say it you ready yeah man all right man what advice would you give a teenage kai uh with everything that you've experienced everything you know now what advice would you give a teenage kai
1: uh, just hey keep do what you did like <laughs> you can't take away from
0: what you did though you literally did everything you needed to do and you still do what you need to do so you did it. would you do anything different to to make let's say your journey better?
1: Nope, I would not do anything different.
0: I I honestly
1: I love my journey and I, I've appreciated it. And people are like, man, you haven't done this and I'm like, I've done a lot, trust me, I've seen a lot. I would not be talking to you right now
0: if I did not take this journey. I'm happy. What are the top three rules that you use in your everyday life?
1: Dude, stay real, you know, stay modest, and mind your business, man. You know, keep your business fake. Keep your business to you
0: and do what you got to do. So far from everything that you've experienced in your life, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned? Oh
1: don't, don't be partying before games, man. <laughs> Do not listen to your vet and say, "Let's go to the club before this game tomorrow," because you're not gonna play. So you know, and then you end up playing the game. But you're like, "Damn,
0: <laughs> why did I go out?" <laughs> don't go out before games. Oh man, that's from personal experience, huh? <laughs> Oh, I got some stories. We are gonna talk about. This. I got some stories. <laughs> are you happy? Oh yeah, man. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm joyous, man. I'm. I'm there. I'm him.
1: You know? <laughs>
0: and then my last question for you is: Where do you see yourself in the next five years?
1: I don't know. We we gonna do a lot of things coming up so you know hopefully being a good gatekeeper for this soccer in america you know wanted to talk to people about their experiences in in soccer in america politics you know just
0: keeping it real with people man making people
1: happy giving people good advice showing people how to play the game
0: i love that kai again thank you so much for joining in thank you brother that was uh that was an amazing podcast amazing story I yeah, feel like even I learned a lot just talking. <laughs> about There's hey. always you know, like you said, and, and, and at one point, is just being a student of the game. And not only are you a student of the game from watching games, but also talking to other players about their experience. Exactly, exactly. Because you learn from other people's experience as well. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. For yeah, thank you, guys, everybody listening in. Thank you again for tuning in. Remember, this is the Winner's Circle, a podcast where we dive deep into the mindset of professional soccer players from Grande Sports Training. Until the next one, guys, take care. Hey, we're going, man. Grande Sports, that's official,
1: man. Y'all not playing, and it's only one guy. It's not a y'all, it's one guy. <laughs> <laughs>